Internal power to enable. Enabled. External power to disable. Disabled. Primary weapons to enable. Enabled. Secondary weapons to enable and prime. Primed. Astrogation systems to enable. Enabled. Life support to enable. Electric shields to enable and prime. Targeting systems to enable. Enabled. Outbound to enable. Major interface to drive. lasers to enable. Okay, welcome to the second episode ever of the West Seas Guilds podcast. Uh, I am your host, uh, Joe. Good point, Joe, or just Joe. Uh, and with me today, I have three special guests. Well, two special guests and one regular guest. Uh, that's me <laughs> uh yeah yeah so today we have uh nick jame and brandon all with us uh let's go ahead and uh say hi everybody in uh, with utter chaos nobody wait for anybody else to talk hi hi everybody oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> awesome uh yeah so uh once again thanks everybody for being on the show um we are excited to talk about the west seas guild survey uh, which is a survey that went out a week and a half or two weeks ago um, that we we wanted to try to get some information um, and maybe try to improve some things about the West Seas Guild uh, and see what people think about different aspects and, uh, you know, what whatever we need to do to, to go forward to make this thing as much fun as it can be for all of us. Um, so we'll just uh, jump right on in. Um, I won't ask you guys for your specific uh, responses to things, probably because you don't remember them. Um, but uh, but we'll start with the the, the most basic uh, stuff that we asked, which is just the the ratings. Um, and uh, so we asked people to rate their overall experience, rate the quality of DMs, rate the quality of players, rate the quality of adventures, and rate the quality of role play. Um, the uh, the overall experience, uh, most people were, everybody was at least seven, uh, and most of it was seven or eight, uh, a couple, nine and ten. Do you want to say something? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see that everybody is, uh, for the most part, having a good time. Um, or they're just lying to us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they know that I'm looking at it, and they probably think that I can, you know, hack hack my way into knowing who said what. And, and Wait, you can? No. Can, I, can I change my answers? Uh, no, the your, your ten is is recorded. I'm sorry. Damn. Uh, quality of DMs uh, mostly eights, um, with the range being from six to nine. Uh, quality of players is also mostly eights, but the range being wider from five to ten. Um, the quality of adventures again mostly eights, uh, ranging from six to nine. Um, Nick, did you have any feedback yeah. on any of those uh, individual numbers? Yes. Uh, well, just to start things off, I think that I was somewhere in that eight range. There's probably a lot of those eights. I think a lot of people are like, it's almost like the, it's almost like Sorry. like five was zero and ten was ten, and people are always going to fall in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but um, I was you know uh, not shocked that it seemed like people were a little bit more down on the players than they are at the DMs, just because obviously the DMs are the people with the most experience and some players are been flighty and, or whatever. So that's not that much of a shock. Um, and as far as like the actual quality of the vendors, that's again, due to the quality of the DMs. Usually I think they're very, very, very good. So yeah, I was not shocked that everything was so high. Um, I was shocked that 
overall, just like nobody was like, you know, usually there's a couple people that like naysay a little bit. So I assume there'd be a couple low ratings on quality, overall quality of experience or whatever. But yeah, hey, what do you know? Everything's good. Yeah, I think that a lot of people change who, anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no changes. Good, good night, everybody. Thanks for. <laughs> um, no, I think that uh, I think generally, if people aren't, if if they weren't having a good time, they would have left. You know, like we had that long lull um, where there were no games, um, and if yeah. if people weren't excited about the group that they're playing with and the DMs and the adventures, you know, they probably just decided, hey, I'm I'm out of here. You know, I don't need to to stick around in this community that's dead and is also not something I enjoy. So I think the people who stuck around mostly are people who like the, like the games, like the people. Um, so it kind of makes sense that it's good, but you know, we've been active recently and it's still good. So that's, uh, so that's positive. Um, uh, Jane, any takeaway from, from those, uh, those ratings? Uh, well, hello everyone. Uh, thank you, Joe, for having me. You're welcome. And, um, you unfortunately me. you, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, you took kind of my main point where, um, the yeah, uh, the numbers show that you know at least folks are happy to be here for the most part. Uh, but yeah, for the folks who either were weren't having such a great time, um, you know, left during that down uh, the lull that we had and weren't around to answer this survey. Uh, yeah, so so they can they can go to hell. Screw them. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're probably listening. And that's why they're still around. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. And then the, the, the last, uh, the last big question here was the quality of role play and the way I phrased it probably doesn't capture the whole picture. Um, but the way I phrased it was how would you rate the quality of role play in Wesley's guild, both in and out of game? Um, and we have a wide range. Uh, most, the most common answer was five. Um, we had some sixes and sevens. We had, uh, one nine, we had one ten, we had one four. Uh, Brandon, what would you? I mean, that's that's a wide range, uh, but it does sort of top out at at five um, as being the most common. So the it's it's definitely noticeably lower uh, than than a lot of the other ratings. What's what's your thoughts on 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 that? I think the question is probably you can interpret it several ways. So I mean the. The roleplay in-game and out-of-game are kind of two separate things, mm -hmm. it feels like. And also, if you are answering how much roleplay there is out-of-game, then <laughs> definitely very low. Um, so I think uh, in-game, we also tend to have more focus on combat and less on roleplay, though there has been a bit more of a change recently, I've noticed. Uh, people have been getting more into character and games have been less just combat 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 um so i don't know <laughs> I, I think i think we're on an upward trend but recent history probably not not very good yeah i kind of um agree with him uh i do think that me and joe have talked about this where in game a lot of it is like as far as there's like little ways you can role play too like i know a lot of people will just same mechanic, like, oh, I attack with this, I attack with this, instead of being, like, a little bit more flavorful now. There are some people who do a lot better job of that. Brandon's one of them, I know. Uh, Jim as well. I think me, myself, I'm one of the <laughs> the culprits of being less flavorful and been, been trying to work on it uh, just to add a little bit more spice to even just combat or whatever, you know, just because you can even make combat a little bit more RP 
like. Uh, and then out of game, I think it is great when it happens. You know, everything we've been doing uh, out of game is great. When it was very heavy, it was very good. And when it's light, it's very good, just less of it. So in game, I think, could be the most improved upon. And then just quantity out of game. Yeah, and I think that the, uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, is that you can flavor some of your stuff, you know, your your normal combat stuff, but it does get a little tedious. Yes, we've yeah, all, we we've, that, yeah. we've all played in a game where someone describes what they do with every single attack uh, in excruciating detail. And it's like, no, man, you just, you swing with a short sword, okay? You've done that nine times already yeah. in this fight. You swing with a short sword. Um, so, you know, I think there's a balance to to try to strike. But yes, I do I do think, especially when you're using like a special ability, something you don't use that often, or you're casting right. you know, a, a non-cantrip spell. Um, you know, those are times when you can add a little more pizzazz to, to what's going on. Well, I know like specifically, I remember Malachi specifically, and again, maybe not from cantrips, but for other spells, he usually will like do a couple seconds of like, uh, Malachi, you know, holds this, you know, whatever his holy symbol is and says a couple words and this happens like, oh, oh, what is it? I get excited about it. Like, oh, what is this spell? <laughs> and then he does a spell and I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I think little things like that can be pretty fun. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and I do think that, uh, you know, as everybody mentioned, the, the, the role playing out of game is something that, uh, that's been pretty, pretty tame recently. Um, I know that, uh, and I guess maybe this is a question for Jame, because Jame, your namesake, the character Jame, um, uh, was kind of a, a staple of, of out of game uh, role play, you know, where, uh, you know, he opened an orphanage, he has uh, a wife and I think some kids. Um, and, uh, you know, but we, with our system, you know, it's, I mean, Jame is your character but he's kind of like an NPC right now. I don't know if that, is that something that, um, like, do you feel uh, like there's more story to tell with James or is it just when, when the, you know, when the time comes up to, to do something, you, you throw a, a couple notes about, about the orphanage. I think at this point, um, while I have a deep love for James, um, I don't think he will take the forefront anymore. I think his story is, basically complete. I was able to get Jame to have his um, happy ending. Um, but yeah, for RP's sake, he'll definitely still make appearances um, now and then when I deem appropriate. Um, but kind of going back to the topic of the quality of roleplay and also the quantity, I think there's some of that goes into where, you know, people need other people to role play with. And so when it's just one person trying to type something in one of the channels and they don't get a response, they stop. And I know that we will probably cover this uh, later, but you know, a lot of the new or the incentive to role play comes with, you know, the new folks coming in, introducing their character at the bar or doing something around town and then people build off of that. So I think um, the people who have a long, or the need to role play, they've role, they've played out what they need to, and their story's been told up to the point until something else prompts them to build upon that. I gotcha. So like the like everybody when their character first exists uh, has that compulsion to sort of explain what their character is, uh, and that's an that's an easy sort of role play hook to offer to to a character. Like when 
you know, I create a new barbarian, then I get to describe how he comes into town and what he looks like and what he's up to. Uh, and that's an easy thing. Um, whereas for advanced characters, the, the role playing that they do is either just in the game or it's waiting for some, some prompt, some activity to happen, whether it's uh, a story thing that happens inside of a game or something downtime related, um, where, where you have this, this reason to role play. Um, and I, I do, I definitely hear what you're saying as far as the, um, as having somebody else to role play with. Um, I know that a couple of times, uh, like Malachi and Glalin have specific, like they've messaged me and said, Hey, you know, I'd like to, um, role play around this particular setting, this scene. Um, you know, can you, do you want, do you want to jump in it with me? Um, and I think that helps, you know, to drive it, but that's a, you know, somebody has, somebody has to be the person to go out and say, Hey, play with me. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that we all think that, that, uh, you know, role-playing is a big part of our, our prime D and D experience. Um, so that's something we can continue to talk about, um, you know, trying to, trying to get more of it, trying to, to, to keep that, um, as a big part of our, uh, our, our D and D community that we have here. Um, the next, uh, section we'll talk about, uh, unless uh, anybody have anything else to add at the, uh, at the end of there. I will just add that, um, kind of like we talked about a little bit with DMing and we'll get to this obviously in a little bit. One of the things I also have the anxiety that like, man, my role, my role playing is not up to stuff as some of these people. I read some of these people's role play in my mind much better than mine. So like, Oh man, you know, like I don't feel like I'm going to add to anything. If that I makes think sense. almost everyone feels that way. Right. Which is <laughs> I probably that. contributing to why no one wants to say anything, but at the same time, if we all suck, then who cares? <laughs> Just go out and do it. Yeah, there's I definitely mean, like a camaraderie that comes with everybody <laughs> doing just okay at, at what they do. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, so the next section we'll talk about is, uh, uh, was actually the first section on the survey, but I switched things around because because uh, I should have had this much around in the first place. <laughs> um, the uh, This section is, uh, how much do you adventure is the, the, the main title. Um, and this was to kind of get an idea of not just the games that people play or DM inside the West Seas Guild, but uh, how much activity people have outside the West Seas Guild, how much other D&D are they playing. Um, and technically I didn't say uh, D&D games, just said games. So hopefully people didn't interpret it as, uh, you know, how much they play Counter-Strike or something. Uh, we didn't <laughs> um, say adventure, so it might make sense. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, hopefully people got the, got the gist. Uh, so the, the first question was how many Wessie's Guild games do you estimate that you play in each month, uh, on average? Uh, and the range was anywhere from zero to four. Uh, there wasn't really a, a, a big peak. Uh, the highest answer was three, uh, with three people saying that, but there were several twos, uh, along with, uh, uh, one of those, uh, two answers was, uh, a zero that people play in, in zero, uh, games. We also have how many so, non Wessie's Guild games do you estimate that you play in on each month? Uh, and this ranged widely anywhere from zero to 10. Someone, someone says that they play 10, 
non-Wessie's Guild games each month. Uh, I mean, I, it's definitely somebody who's in some other community, I would think, you know, because that's just, that's so many games to play. Um, but, uh, but you know, we had a couple people who said eight, um, several people said four, only one person said zero. So if the, and, and I think that the zero is probably not the same as one of the two people who said zero uh, on the first one, because if they're not playing any D&D games here and they're not playing any D&D games anywhere else, I don't know, you know, what are you doing? Agreed. Like, what's up? They could just like the company. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe they were the person who gave the 10 to the roleplay. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, I don't, is there any... I don't know that there's a whole lot you can glean from those two numbers. Um, but uh, does anybody have any... I guess uh, to, to do my job of moderating a little bit, uh, we'll ask specifically Brandon. Is there any... Um, Anything that you take away from those numbers? Uh, I think not really. Just people are playing D&D or related tabletop games. I think the next two questions really go hand in hand with this. Excellent. So that's we'll jump right into that. Um, so uh, the next two questions uh, have to do with how often people DM, how often people run games. Um, and so the question was, how many Westies Guild, how many non-Westies Guild games do you run? Uh, and the numbers were fairly low. Uh, one person said negative three, so I don't know. They like they ruined three games. Yeah, a ruined. Month, a month that was not me, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised someone joined me in there. A couple people joined me in there. Point five. I put point five, and at least two other people did. Uh, yeah, yeah. They written differently, uh, so it, in our in our chart, they didn't come through exactly the same. But we can. We're, we're smart enough to put those two together. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Five versus zero. Zero point five. Yeah. Um, but the uh, but yeah the the largest response was zero games that people run, uh, and then uh, three people said that they run half a game a month. So you know a game every two months is uh, is how that works out math wise. Um, but yeah, so so seven people uh, who are running uh, a total of three games over the course of two months. Um, well, so, don't forget that negative three guy. Right, so he's taking eight. he's canceling out those three games. So there's yeah. no that's no games for the for the bottom group. Um, and then uh, related, how many non Westies Guild games do you estimate that you run? Um, four people also said zero here. So it's the same number of people who said zero in the Westies Guild. Um, how many games they run? Uh, and then we have uh, some people who are, have one, three, four, and five. Um, as far as how many games outside of our community do they run? Uh, so, Brandon, since you said that there's information to get here, let's uh, let's start with you. What do you have to say? Yeah, so it it shows that uh, there are a few people around here who are not pulling their own weight, though uh, it's up to them if they want to run games or not. Um, so, four people or like eight people who run less than one game. Uh, and then there's a bunch of people who just aren't playing in games. Um, and something later on, we have the feedback, is we want more games. Because ideally, everyone, uh, for every game I run, I should be able to play in three games. Since every game I run can uh, have three or more players. Right. Um, so there's definitely kind of a disparity here. Um, on top of that, we have some people who are running plenty of non-Westies Guild games uh and you'd have to look at the individual responses but and the question is are they running for other people and not us and why is that <laughs> right <exactly. laughs> 
um, yeah. So, and, and that's something, you know, I mean, that we talked about this a little bit, but that's, that was one of the main questions of this whole, uh, survey was to try and get information on how we can have more games being run because we all want to play, um, you know, we all enjoy running games. Um, but, uh, you know, in order to, in order to have the community really thrive, uh, it's important that, um, the people who run games don't feel like they're, they're stuck running games if they want to play D and D. You know, you want it to be, you, you want everybody to feel like they have the opportunity to play and run games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I know that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of the reasons why uh, as we, as we advance through our, uh, our results here. So I was looking through my own post history for the West Cities Guild. Uh, I know my answer to uh, how many games uh, I do each month, <clears throat> zero. I was able to track down the last game I ran was four months ago, and that was a an RP heavy game, which I know uh, I know kind of part of the request is you know some people I mean or obviously some of the more recent games have been uh, combat heavy, and so I kind of like I like to think that folks kind of like the ability to expand on their actual character interactions, um, but and I know we'll touch base on why these numbers are the way they are a little bit later. Um, but if it helps, let me read something. Roll20.net, thank you. Your subscription has been successfully processed. So um, I will be hopefully running more games soon. Nice. Well, you heard well, it here first. Welcome back to the subscription. Huzzah. Sorry, I just had, I'm obligated to say that once a podcast. <laughs> I did it first one, and now I did it in this one. Thank God it's out of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah, I mean, we definitely look forward to anybody anybody who wants to run more games than they're running and starts to do that. I think we're that's that's the whole goal. Um, so, and James, I know you ran games fairly consistently uh, a while back, so I, I know we're all looking forward to more of that. Thank you for anyone kind of thinking the same. I know I've expressed this opinion before, but when I was really into D and D, time wise, the five dollars a month her entertainment value I got out of it was well worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's for sure. It's definitely, um, you know, I mean, as long as you're, you're getting a lot out of it. And I think also once you've subscribed, like you do have like a, some of that like guilt where it's like, well, I'm paying this money. It's like the gym. Like if you pay the money for the gym, you feel like, well, I better go to the gym, which is why I don't pay money for a gym. Uh, okay. So uh, we'll get into some of the more specific questions here. Um, so the, the next section we'll talk about is specifically about uh, dungeon mastering. Uh, and it's um, the, the first question is, I think, the main question of this whole, uh, this whole survey. Um, and the question is, in thinking about your activity in DMing games for the West Seas Guild. So this is narrowing it down just to, to, to the experience that people have here. Um, what are your barriers to running more games than you do currently? Uh, and we had uh, a few options that people could choose. Um, and the two biggest options, uh, and it makes sense, uh, is uh, just simply time, you know, due to work, family, other games, whatever. Uh, the other big response was people were unsure about creating adventures that are uh, good enough, interesting enough. For me, it's short enough because sometimes it just kind of gets out of control. Um, but, uh, but the idea is uh, trying to make sure that you deliver a quality game uh, to people. 
Um, among the other responses was uh, having ideas for adventures, some anxiety about uh, being a new DM, uh, which we have, you know, a couple people in the in the guild are uh, new DMs. Uh, and then there was one response that said, "Don't get enough, don't get to play in enough games myself," um, which I think is something that anybody who has DM'd even a little bit, you know, sort of feels because there is a, uh, as we talked about, there's a, a bit of a disparity um, in you know, that most of the games are run by a, a small number of DMs. Uh, so this is the big question. Um, you know, what is keeping people from running more games? Uh, so uh, Nick, based on the results that you, that you see here, um, what's, what's your, what's your takeaway? Well, I think um, I, cause this is one of those, you could obviously vote for more than one. And I, I myself did, I think, you know, Obviously, everyone has time constraints. Sometimes it's like, oh, man, this week's not good enough. Or even if you have time, it's technically time you just want to relax. Or, you know, now you're like, okay, so I really want to spend a couple hours tonight working up an adventure because we do feel that pressure to do good games because the games are very, for the most part, are very amazing and very fun and, and creative. And like, all right, I just got home from work. Do I really want to spend a couple hours or do I want to relax and, you know, veg out watching Netflix and gorging on foods that I shouldn't be eating? <laughs> and every time, guess what wins? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there is time technically. It's just a matter of like what priorities in your life. As far as uh, some other reasons, I do think the main barrier is I think people are are anxious about being a new DM or not being good enough. Uh, and, and that's pretty much it. Cause I technically have time, you know, everyone, you know, that's a cop out answer. And my, it's kind of what I'm getting at, you know, I mean, some people literally probably work way too much or whatever. And if you have kids, I'm talking as a single guy here, <laughs> if you have kids <laughs> and wife, that's still slightly different, but as a single guy, I know I have time if I want it. It's more just like, oh man, is this going to be good? Like I think of an idea and then I'll be like halfway through it. I'm like, is this actually any good? So maybe it's just like, doubting myself too guys i'm so unsure of myself help me <laughs> uh brandon what what are you uh what's your takeaway from from the responses that people have as someone who runs a lot of games yeah so obviously time is always going to be the biggest factor for everyone um as nick thoroughly described um but Thanks. Again, second highest response is just people not having ideas probably not having time to make ideas i know one issue I have is I try to, I, I want something high quality and then it takes me like three nights of just thinking about things and preparing D&D &D to make something that I think is good enough. And that's a huge time commitment because um, I have other things I want to do, including other hobbies. But I think at the same time, uh, what we also learned from like the RP section is maybe people are maybe just all have such low self-esteem and think that everyone expects much higher than they really do. Um, so <laughs> we probably don't need to make five star games and people will still be happy. Uh, so while we do want perfection, um, I'm sure an okay game is good enough for most people here. Yeah. As long as you get to play. But if I just make some combat heavy game, you're going to be okay with it, Brandon. Well, I mean, it's better than no game at all. <laughs> I agree with that. I figured I'm next. And just like as the others already brought up, time commitment where I can, I, I mean, I, I got a new job, new place. So there is a big downtime that I basically had to take away. And then Brandon touched on new hobbies where I'm trying to, you know, 
not sit around as much. Um, but then I also found myself thinking of what kind of games I used to run. I was big on Spectacle, where, oh, I had, like, a mega dungeon that ended up being, like, eight hours. Goblinoids digging a tunnel underneath any port for an invasion, a sea invasion, stuff like that. So, like, I want to, when trying to put ideas together for games, I want to run. It's like, oh, I have to keep doing this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'll spend two to three days trying to put that all together. And so, like, oh, maybe the games that, you know, people will be happy with aren't necessarily ones I need to invest so much time in. The Yeah, no, that's basically what I was going to say is that when when you're when you talk to people who are playing games um who want to play more games um you know while obviously you'd love to have amazing dynamic uh complex adventures to go on you want to play D&D more than not playing D&D so the, the the big driving force is not necessarily to have a crazy uh, defend the world from invasion on six different fronts uh you know game of thrones complex political assassinations like you just want to play D. you want to have some problems in front of you that your character can come up with interesting ways to try to tackle something i've also kind of noticed in uh, more of the recent games especially malachi's games and his crazy pirate cove shifty place yeah. um if if you just give the characters a playground, they'll just make their own shenanigans. So like you don't even have to make a game; just throw some players in a weird place and have a mystery, right. and they'll just figure out something to fill up the four hours. To they'll they'll find a way to have someone. Or lives. we can be like some other places where it's a bunch of um, travel time, random encounters, to a very simplistic plot point where you return under travel time and random encounters. <laughs> That's maybe something not to do. Though, oh, um, guys, well... I gotta scrap my next idea for the game. <laughs> <laughs> so again, if we have like a game like that, sure. But as long as it's not every game. Right, and I think again, it's better to have that game than no game. As long as you have a good DM running it. Right, and you know, if, if you have an interesting enemy or a an interesting setting for the fight, you know, that can be that can be enough to make it a memorable experience. And that's really I we talked about this a little bit in chat, how D D is just about like having cool moments, like moments that you can remember. Like the when you play a four hour game, it's not about the four hour game. It's about the twenty minutes inside the game that you're like, Man, that was really cool. Right. Moments. You have like cool moments and that's what it's really about. The uh, another question. This was uh, kind of kind of an uh, an ancillary question to the uh, to the big ideas, but it was something that we were sort of interested on. Um, is how much independence would you like your different Wesley's Guild DMs to have? Uh, and the options were strict adherence to the official rules, uh, lean on official rules but with some lenience, uh, use official rules as a guideline but with wide variations between DMs, or total freedom from DM to DM. Official rules be damned. Um, the vast choice was to, was to lean on the official rules, but with some lenience. And I think that's, I mean, that's the most, it makes sense that that was the most common answer because I think that's the way most D and D games work is that you have the, the official rules to, to work from. Um, but 
you want your DMs to be able to react to interesting ideas and scenarios and, and be able to, uh, you know, to run with it and, and make sure that the players are having fun and not feeling like they're locked into, uh, you know, sort of what we talked about where you're not role-playing at all. You're just executing your class features. Right. Uh, I know, and I'll start off saying that I voted for strict adherence to the official rules, even though I'm cool with, you know, some lenience, obviously. I just feel like, kind of what you said, I know there's been some experiences where in this West Marcher style group, you really, you make a character based off of a certain set of rules. Even in a campaign, that's what you do. And you usually know in a campaign if things are going to be different before you make your character. You know, if the DM will usually be like, oh, we're going to do things differently in this campaign, but you know about it. In Wesley's Guild, there's so many different DMs that if every DM did that, your character could be completely different than how you foresaw them from game to game. And that's not, I think, a good thing. Um, so I think in general, we pretty much have to lean on the official rules with some leniency, but not like crazy leniency, like making up our own wild surge tables <laughs> yeah i, th- I sent passive aggressiveness there <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's very passive um yeah no i think you're right that in the in a shared community it's important that we um that players have some consistency from game to game that they know um not necessarily what the game is going to offer um but they know what their character is from game to game and you just gotta know ahead of time you know like even like i mean heck if the if the rules were you know something different you just need the whole all the dms should do it you know like you have rules that you that you've gone over where like oh this aspect of this character is not allowed or this race isn't allowed and it's because you know you, you just for whatever reason you, you chose that but we know about it beforehand so if you choose to do that character you then you know are aware right we have special rules I, for like uh wizards te- scribing the uh and you know certain classes or not classes but races are, are not allowed you know like the monstrous races um Aarakocra, you know and it would suck to create your character and then say well technically i don't allow tieflings in my game and it's like what like like that wouldn't make any sense so i think that you're right like it, maybe not i guess there's an interpretation also as far as what strict adherence means um you know, where, like, yes, we, we do want everything to be consistent with the official rules, um, where the, the the lenience comes in is, you know, uh, giving players an opportunity to, when they cast control water, they have some stuff that they can do outside of maybe right. the, the official, you know, rules. Right, the leniency in my mind comes from fun. Like, okay, if, if, if a player is being creative and they're trying to use their spell or skill in a different way and they're kind of RPing it very well, it's like, yeah, I want to let that happen because that's pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to the, to the last section and we'll sort of circle back with some, some open discussion at the end of this. Um, but, the, uh, but the last section here uh, was kind of more freeform than the rest of it. Um, the the first part has less discussion for us to do. Uh, the second part would be more of a uh, some talking points. Uh, so the first question was, what part of the Wesley Skill community do you feel it executes best? Um, and I think that the 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 general. I mean, I can go through every answer. Do you, do you guys think I should just read them all? Uh, probably not. Okay. So the general. Yeah, the general uh, sense is uh, 
that the community is very good, that we have an, an open, uh, welcoming environment. Um, most uh, most of the DMs and the quality of games seem to be a, uh, uh, a, a positive for people. Um, and I think just the, uh, you know, just the, 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 the fact that we have this world that we're all sort of teammates in, in building and maintaining and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and in expanding, um, with, with the stories that we're telling. Um, I, I mean, I'll ask you guys, you've seen the list of responses or anything that you wanted to cite specifically. Um, uh, no, I think just the, we have great people here though. That's probably also because a lot of the terrible people are gone now (laughs) no there there was also some uh the way our rules work is to kind of keep away some power gaming type of things and that comes with a certain type of personality that we don't have here um but I, i think i mean there are some people who can annoy others that we have around but overall i think everyone's a good person they're they're not shitheads there's someone I could talk to. Um, yeah. I love you guys. Aww. And yeah. I do think that was my response was I was one of the people that said like the good community, uh, as well as the quality of games or whatever, but that's pretty good. Uh, I agree with, with everything you just said. Uh, I do think also that top of that is the, uh, the DMS is going to say like, you know, that's probably one of our best, Features the ones who do DM, like Brandon, you know, the people that do this a lot. Um, and when they do DM, even like the people that barely do it, like, you know, Rose just did his first game. I wasn't in it, but it looked like it was really cool. And there's lots of RP that's happened because of it and stuff like that. So that's all pretty uh, amazing. Uh, I would like to ask, have any of y'all tried to find other Dungeons and Dragons campaigns or West Marches um, communities? Because as Count pointed out here, um, well, we just celebrated our second anniversary. I think most of us have been here. All right. Obviously, we've been around for a while, and then we've stuck around. But I think that came to point because it is difficult to find groups that come together, have a good atmosphere, and then stick together because it seems like things are either extremely niche or they're great, but then just fall apart. Yeah, I think that... Uh, so, Jane, you and I were pretty early in the uh, in, in the West Seas Guild. We we started fairly close to the uh, to the beginning of things. Um, but I think that part of what's happened is that um, we've like we have been around for a while and we sort of early on, we subsisted with only 10 to 15 active players. So. We got used to the idea that hey, you're not necessarily going to have every, a game every day, and it was still appealing for us to be part of the part of the community. Um, so, and then when people come in, you know, yeah, I mean, we'd have circumstances where we'd have like three or four games in a week, um, but in general, it's uh, I think the the in addition to the expectation of what kind of games we play and and what kind of players we're interested in, we also you know it's it's kind of upfront with you know hey it's we're not guaranteeing that we're going to have a game every day that you can play in. I think some other communities kind of fall into that where they say, oh, we're going to have a game every day. And then when that doesn't happen, people get you know frustrated, disillusioned, and they're like, well, screw this. I'll go find something else. So we just need to promise one game a month. And then when we do more than that, everyone will be very happy and surprised. Yeah. Got to set that bar real low. <laughs> uh, I would like to also add that um, 
reason like some of these other places have folded is because you know maybe the person who's kind of controlling it the most kind of like for whatever reason whether it be work family or just a sister decides to leave and then that group just folds so i would like to say thank you to joe because without you doing a lot of the behind the scenes work and keeping everything together this group may have folded so I want to you point know, out that thanks. I, like you said that last time. Yeah, fun story. If you go all the way back to uh, the Guild Hall and just like scroll all the way back to 2016, the original purveyor just said, hey guys, we're going to be closing until a bunch of DMs were like, wait, what? And <laughs> pulled it together. Uh, yeah, that, that did sort of happen. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I And I, I'm going to, point out that I, I'm not paying Nick to, to say things about me every week. He just does this. Um, and he actually probably does it to make me feel awkward because he knows that I hate being complimented. But uh, but yeah, no, I think that it's I think that it's it's not just the like if I ran this thing alone, then it would you know, there's nothing there. So I think that it's it's the it's, it's basically everybody who runs games contributes to to it. Uh, you know, to it, to it going well. I mean, I think it goes back to the community aspect again. Like, even when there's no games, there's still people around here that I like to talk to. So, uh, like, the only way for Westie's Guild to fall apart entirely is if I just stop talking to every one of those people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the community is is strong, and that's you know, that's one of our best uh, one of our best features. Um, but that sort of does kind of lead into uh, the last question we have. What part of the West Coast Guild community do you feel needs the most improvement? Oh, we got to get rid of Joe. Just get rid of Joe. Oh, I thought, I thought there yeah, was... A... Yeah, every one of these responses just says Joe. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was really eye-opening for me when I saw this, uh, just, just a clamor for my removal. So, I get you know, I'll do what I can, but I don't think so. Hashtag depose Joe. Uh, get that get that trending Twitter. Hashtag depose Joe. Depose. <laughs> we gotta have a trendy, more trendy. Yeah. Hashtag than that. Um, I'd like to point out none of these actually say that. So, um, but what I was gonna say is that one of the uh, one of the big um, notes here, uh, or one of the ones that I was sort of drawn to the most was. Um, was where someone said that one of the things that needs improvement is recruiting new DMs and players. Uh, and part of that, you know, DMs is, you know, that we want more games. Um, but, you know, just naturally over time, any community is going to lose people. You know, people are going to change their priorities in life. Um, you know, people are going to have different availabilities as access. People are going to, you know, just not be as interested in D&D. And something that we really haven't done um, at all since coming back is trying to find any new players. Um, right. So, and, and with how strong our internal community feel is, you know, I wonder if that maybe makes us hesitant to, to go out and try and bring in new people because we're like, well, well I don't want to bring in somebody and have them be a turd and, you know, and, and disrupt things. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, like, as far as like recruiting, is that something that you think we, you know, we, we do, well, should do. We, we did like a mini recruitment not too long ago. Um, but then that was like immediately before the six months of no activity. <laughs> um, so 
possibly bad timing, but also it just seems like we don't have enough people willing to run games consistently to really sustain, you know, 10 to 30 new people just popping in out of nowhere. Yeah. I was curious about this because I know we usually, when new players do come, we don't want them to be DMs right away because obviously you have to kind of learn what it's like. Mm-hmm. But is there is there any way we could try to recruit people who, like, hey, we're looking for people who are DMs. Like, I guess if we did any kind of recruitment, we'd be like, don't recruit players. we like, recruit, you know, DMs who want to play, obviously, because, you know, and there's a lot of DMs out there that want to play. Uh, and just say, hey, you know, we're definitely interested in people who want to be DMs as well, if not right away, you know. Like, I don't know how to word it, obviously, better than I just did. But, like, <laughs> if you do any kind of recruitment, make sure it's not just players. It's like... We make sure we want them to know, like, hey, listen, we want your DM as well. Get get into the group vibe, and then, yeah, sure, have at it. I don't think that we're uh, scaring DMs away, I don't think. Um, I think you're talking about, like, trying to appeal less to To just regular just players. Playing. Yeah, right. correct. Yeah, so, like, but if you say that in there, if you somehow put that in your recruitment note, that, like, hey, we want people who are seasoned dms or have dm before or are interested in dming because like that might scare away not scare away but like let people know like oh yeah we want people who can do both because yeah our players that just play and have never dm'd there's a lot of great players and we like them but it'd be great if they also did dm um that is true i i definitely agree that you know we i mean we want more games like that's the you know the big uh the big factor here you know of what we what we want to happen we want there to be more people running games we want people to have more game options um i think that well let me ask you guys this and we'll i'm I'm gonna ask you each for for this as much as you remember um and we'll we'll start with uh, nick when you first joined this community um how much did you play like how 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 quickly did you find yourself immersed in the group when I, so after I joined, I mean, not, when I first not joined, joined, I right? pretty much signed up for any game I could, you know, I didn't play that much D and D before like that often. It was maybe once a month at most, this really crappy DM we had. Oh wait, it was Joe. Sorry. Why you... <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, I think I play, I, I think, oh yeah, I, I signed up for like a lot of games just kind of like, you know, again, I'm single. I have a lot of free time. So. I signed up for a lot of games and I'd play a lot. I never DM'd before, so I didn't DM right away. It took me a long time before I felt comfortable. And even then I didn't really feel that comfortable. Okay. Uh, Brandon, what was your, as far as your first, uh, uh, first couple of weeks uh, or first month or so of your, uh, of your time in the West Seas Guild, do you remember how often you played, if you ran games right away? And I mean, I'm sure you didn't because that was our, our policy but um but how like how quickly were you immersed in the in the community uh so i joined in the big old wave of june 2017 um what for me uh i i was in a campaign that had ended a few months before and then i was running two campaigns a week and i was just getting tired of running games and i wanted to play so i was like okay let me just search uh, Reddit LFG and see if I can find something. Uh, so you posted just in time. Um, so w- there were a lot of new players at that time. So there were a lot of uh, low level games that were popping up. I think there were like three games per week or something. And I was like craving that D&D itch. Um, 
I don't think that's the right phrase. <laughs> I, I, that ish. Like, I mix like two phrases together, but anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so there were at least three games per week, and I was probably signing up for like one or two at minimum. Um, so definitely fulfilled that need. Um, and I got to meet a lot of the people who are still around, like Steve and uh, Veros and Draven, uh, Kelkin. It's probably a bunch of others, um, as well as some of the DMs at the time. Uh, so it it was definitely a lot of games, um, but it did get to a point where I don't know if it was there. I felt like the games were dying down, or if I just had like I just wanted to DM more for some insane reason. <laughs> I joined the group so I wouldn't have to DM, and then I I flipped. Um, so then I did start running games after like a month or so. You craved that DM XP, you know, you really needed it. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was why. I don't know. Uh, okay, and Jane, what was your? Uh, I mean, you were you were here before I was. Um, what was your? Do you remember how how many games uh, you were able to play in early on, and how uh, invested in the in the community you were? Oh boy, you're gonna get me rolling on a story. Um, <laughs> but no, I had yeah. I went to our subword and went all the way back to the beginning to see w what my first game was and where it kind of landed. Um, and it looks like yeah, it was like September of 2016 is when they started posting on the subreddit. I got in as a fill-in on like late September, and I got like another game shortly after that. So. Uh, but yeah, as it was brought up before, um, kind of early on, like almost everyone was very low level. So the games that were being ran, people could, like, there was no, people weren't being leveled out or too low level. Um, in my case, though, I do recall missing out on several games I wanted to attend because uh, these games are posted in Eastern Standard Time. And because I'm West Coast, um, I would not be able to. I would not be available to actually play in those games. So the availability of games or the postings of games were fairly regular or high. I just myself could not attend every single one. Um, but yeah, I want to say kind of from there, there was some uh, like changing of DMs. So some of the early ones left and some other ones came in. And then from there, I recall we kind of had a solid core well, I mean, we'll touch base on why I started or why I joined or my impetus. But um, I want to say kind of as it went on, folks got more um, higher levels. It started splitting people where the games available were kind of tuned towards one or two different groups of players. And so then people were waiting longer and longer for games that they could join and were there and were level appropriate for themselves. And then we've kind of bounced up and down between active and not so active. Yeah, that's something I didn't really think about early on, you know, where everybody was level three because that's where everybody started um, and you weren't going to level up that fast. So we, so when you made a game, it was available for everybody. And when you wanted to play in a game, any game that got posted was your level because every game was, was those, those low levels. So it sounds like each of us, and I sort of came in uh, shortly after uh, Jane did, um, but it sounds like each of us, when we first joined, we did have that large variety of games that we could jump into and just play 
you know, one, two, three times a week if, if, if we had the time. Um, so I, you know, in, in talk, cause that's what I was sort of trying to gauge. Cause you guys are pretty active, um, you know, generally pretty active members of the, uh, of the guild when the guild is active. And I'm just trying to think, you know, is that like, if we were to recruit sort of what Brandon mentioned, like if we recruit and, and there's no games, then people are just going to leave again. Right. I think that's probably the case. So, so we... oh, well, I was just say, no, because obviously it, it does seem pretty solid that most people feel that in terms of improvement, the activity levels and sidelines, incentive to DM and getting new people in. First, we need to make sure that, you know, we can have games running if we were to add new people. And I, you know, I think that could be fairly easily resolved by by kind of, you know, mentioning to all the DM people like, hey, we would like to do this uh, recruitment drive. Can we get some hands up for who would be available to kind of DM for a while to make sure they get acclimated? And then maybe from there, yeah, posts that we're looking for both players and DMs. And then so once these new people get acclimated, yeah, maybe one or two of them will raise their hands up as well and start running. Well, that's definitely something we can talk about, like trying to, and maybe even, you know, a lot of the games that we run are fairly last minute like we'll someone will make a post uh you know on sunday for a game that's on tuesday or wednesday um and i i know that that's what i do because i you know I, I usually don't have trouble filling the game so there's no reason to to, to worry about um, posting it any earlier but it may be useful you know even if we don't necessarily have a game fully built yet um, if we want to do one of these recruiting drives, maybe to uh, to to say, okay, you know, we're we're going to take each of our DMs and sort of say this, like you, you got to pick, you know, some day in the next two weeks or in a in a two week period, and say, okay, we're going to have you're going to run a game on this day, um, or not you're going to, but I'm going to, um, you know, and say I I'll I'll commit to making sure that I have a game ready to go and I run the game on that on that day so that if we get this this flood of people who comes in you know like brandon said like there was a big group of people who are still active here who all sort of came in at the same time um to make sure that those people have games that they can play um and then those are it, it's easier to run i think for new players you know because you have lower level missions you don't have to really be creative or uh oppressive to challenge uh, a group of level three and four players so that's so that's something we can we can look at if we decide that we do want to to, to have one of these recruiting drives because like I said it, it did strike me that you know when I saw that response you know that's saying like hey like we're we are kind of bleeding people you know not not quickly right now you know we everybody who's here is pretty much staying here but that uh, you know that there's not a uh, we don't have people coming in and that's eventually that that does become a problem. Should we also talk about some of the other things uh, they say? Because th one that I thought that was interesting was that someone mentioned uh, some other shared map and having player-driven exploration. And that's pretty like a, a little thing I think we can probably take care of. Um, I know some people have different maps and different ideas of what's on the island. You have one, right, Brandon? That's pretty nice one you made with some little tokens on it. So, uh, so Varric has the most detailed one that I've seen. I've just added like any port and a few of my specific locations. Right. I, I think that that's something that we, that would be fun 
uh, I don't know that it's uh, extremely useful um, to have it just because like, I think we different DMS will put stuff in kind of the same place, you know, because we don't, it, it's not super important to say, Oh, this place is specifically here. Um, yeah. I, th I think that response is particularly thinking about like traditional West marches games where it's like a hex right. crawl. And so all the DMs have access to this one map where each hex has a very specific thing in it. And then the players over time will explore the map and figure out what's everywhere and then go back, tell everyone at the base, and then they can go back and explore that one hex more. Like you go two days out, you find a cave. Okay, let's go back and gather a party and go explore that cave. Oh, that's interesting. I've never done that before. I'm pretty relatively new to all this. Other than this group, this group obviously forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it is definitely different from the the hex crawl is what they what, what I, when I hear people talk about. Um, but I think that the I think it helps our DMs to not necessarily be be beholden to you know to a pre generated hex map of this is here, this is here, this is here. Where, for example, if somebody wants to run, uh, and I'll just grab one of Brandon's games specifically, if you want to run something that's in a desert tomb, you don't have to say, okay, like the players have to go through these hexes to get there. Uh, you can just say, look, like this is where the adventure is supposed to be. I'll find a way to get them there story-wise, and then we'll play that game. You know, I think I think that the West Marches classic version um, is maybe a little more, uh, more pre-ordained uh, of what's what's in different spots. Um, maybe we need to stop calling ourselves a West Marches group. Because <laughs> maybe people are getting the wrong idea <laughs> leaving when they find out. We, we... Where's the goddamn hex map? Yeah. Uh, that's something we could consider. I mean, we did sort of name this the West Sea, but we can, you know, we can change it. Oh, well, West is a direction. It has nothing to do with West Marches. Uh, true. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can look at uh, editing the... Because it is not exactly a West Marches campaign. And it's more like a collaborative setting. Yeah, right. Um, you could say it's West Marches inspired, but not exactly a traditional, faithful West Marches style game. Yeah, I think there's definitely... I can definitely look at making sure that the flavor, you know, the explanation of what we're doing here is... Because I haven't really looked at that document in a while. So that's something I can definitely dive into and make sure it conveys the sort of community that we uh, that we have. Um, as we mentioned before, a lot of the things that people talked about were that they wanted more games, you know, which is, again, something that a lot of people can contribute to, uh, who, who said that they wish they had more games. Um, so I guess in sort of taking a, a, a broad look at the all of the results here, I think that one of the big things is that we we all uh, pretty much enjoy the the other members of our community, um, and I think we would all like each other to run more games. Like all of the games, pretty much that we've. I mean, as far as I know, all, pretty much all the games we played in have been fun. They've been interesting. They've been good enough to say, "Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I played D and D that night." So I guess the and maybe we'll start with Nick here. What because Nick, I know you're someone who's sort of uh, been tentative, you know, as far as running games. Like, do you have ideas on on things that could help you 
to feel more confident in running games or feel more prepared? Um, well, I know um, a couple of things. One, uh, and it's in there a little bit, we talked about incentive to DM, which there already is with DMXP. I know you've also mentioned possibilities of like guild medallions for DMing and things like that. So I don't know if there's other ways we could talk about incentives for that. Um, but as far as actually being prepared, I know at times people, there are some documents as far as like, hey, this is where these cities are and this is who lives there to kind of give people a feel of what's on the island. So if you're going to make an adventure, you know what's already there. Uh, but I don't know if there's like a shared pool of, I don't know, like ideas or like even if it's like online, I know Brandon, I think has shared a couple of links saying, hey, here's where I get some of my ideas from or here's whatever. But maybe we just need that in like the builders or the runner chat saying like, like a, everything's pinned in one location. Like here's a bunch of places we can take ideas from or, you know, different things like that. Because maybe call it laziness or whatever, but sometimes I find it hard on my own to like generate an idea um, and it might be easier to like, okay, let's take a look in here. And like, oh, that one fine looks interesting. Now maybe I can build something off of that. Okay, so for you, it's more of having the actual idea like the mm -hmm. like what's what is my adventure going to be about correct okay um well that's something we can definitely talk about i know that we at times in the uh in the different dm chats um, we'll share links to uh, maps yeah. or um you know other content that's out there so that's something we can maybe try to try to do a little a little more um with each other well it was more just like putting it in one place because like, yeah, that, someone might share a link, but if I'm not at home, you know, I'm on my phone, if I'm at work, if I'm elsewhere, I might not remember when I get home, you know, like, oh, let me check this out, you know. We can look at that. The only thing is that, you know, I don't, the, the thing I don't want is everybody oh. to be using necessarily the same right. pool of stuff. I get that. I don't want people stealing my ideas. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Don't put your ideas up there. Well, I mean, someone else's ideas using the same using the same source of content that I use because then I gotcha. I can't run those games. So speaking of that, kind of for inspiration and ideas of games, that there is somewhere the player re requests and plot lines. Uh, I don't recall if it was on our general information spreadsheet or on the DM one, but there's probably time to either update that or do another revision. Joe mentions it a lot, but yes, I think we could take more of an active role of actually like putting stuff on there. I think it's on the DM sheet. Yeah, it's on the DM sheet. So there are a few like just generic ideas on there, like elementals invade any port. So can make a game based on that, whatever that is. But then there's also a few that I recall that I think are based on kind of very old plot lines that have died and no one really knows about anymore. And what happened to those doppelgangers? <laughs> and all the undead north of the town. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out soon, right, Jane? Uh, yes and no. Um, Malachi was interested. Um, if I don't get a um, kind of a recent thing from him, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly up to investigate that again. Right. Yeah. I mean, the list that we're looking at now, it's very... Um a lot of it is very vague stuff uh like like this one here that just says cults that's <laughs> so i mean that's cool yeah you know that's an idea but there's you know there's a bunch of uh, uh more robust uh information here you know about different uh, and i don't want to say too much of it because you know maybe these will be games coming up sometime soon 
Um, but yeah, we have we have those. We also have, uh, I guess, a couple of different spots where people have specific stuff with regards to what their individual characters are interested in. Um, and some of them is like, you know, they want a specific item that they're looking for. Um, and other ones, it's more story based. Um, so those are, you know, when it when it comes to, and that's a nice way to, when you're trying to think of an adventure to know, hey, if I run this adventure, this specific character is gonna be super excited to play in this game. Roast has done a very good job at knocking those out recently. He has, yeah. That, and that's cool that he's, you know, he said, hey, people, uh, so-and-so wants this uh, spell component. I'm going to get them that spell component. Right. Which can also kind of go back to the RP thing where people are kind of waiting on prompts to complete or do something. And until they get that, they don't really do much. Right. I mean, so, I mean go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, so props, props to Roast. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I was going to say that uh, that I have you know story stuff that is related to to my first character uh, Kovat, who uh, you know I, I just haven't chased it down because there there haven't been any any progressions as far as what his you know his his backstory is about. Um, so you know me as much as anybody can I, I have the capacity to go out and you know grab a. A potential DM and say, "Hey, you know, this is something I want to, uh, I want to explore with my character, and then, you know, give them the opportunity to, to go, to go chase that." Um, okay, so that's uh, as far as uh, Nick goes. Like I said, because Nick was somebody who who hadn't been playing uh, or hadn't been running games, um, you know, that gives us an idea of of something we can we can do is is empower our potential DMs with more information, more inspiration on reasons for adventures. Thanks for calling me out, Joe. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but as far as... Uh, so th one of the things that's mentioned in there, like Nick said, was uh, the incentive to DM. Uh, and we did we did actually officially add the granting of a guild medallion to anybody who runs a game. Because it's kind of a meta thing anyway, um, and, and it's something that we can provide to DMs uh, as a as an incentive to, to run games. Is there, I mean, what do you guys feel about, is is the lack of an incentive or the, or an insufficient incentive, is that something that you feel like could, could bring about more people running games? Uh, we'll go to Brandon. I think possibly a lot of people are undervaluing the, the ability to control the universe uh, that's quite a big incentive. <laughs> so, like, if you have a character and you retire that character, I mean, you can kind of do whatever you want with them. But if you're a DM, you can turn that character into, like, a, a big boss of the next campaign, or, or not campaign, but the next mission arc. Um, or just turn them into this NPC that can do whatever the hell you want, ignore all the rules, because you're a DM. <laughs> Who cares about the rules? Are you telling me to turn Popo evil? If you want. Maybe Popo can become... I don't know, the, the Dragon King of the North. Whatever, I don't know. Um, but beyond that, yeah, um, getting DMXP is really good. Uh, I know when we do the double experience months, that really gets me wanting to DM. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we always had double experience, if that would make me want to DM even more, or if then it would just be like, you know, the norm and not as special, and then double-double experience would be the special. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, uh, I think there are reasons to DM. Um, 
so maybe we could add other things. If you have ideas, if you want to DM, but you don't think there's enough incentive, then give us ideas. What do you want? Maybe DMs could have a third character slot. Ooh, wouldn't that be special? Wow, that just blew my mind. Wow, yeah. Until everyone's a DM, and then everyone has three characters. <laughs> but uh, that's, the, that's the ideal scenario, right? Yeah. At that point, we just make a new level of there's DMs, and then there's super DMs. So then people <laughs> have to be super good DMs to be that level. <laughs> there already are. There's runners, and there's builders. And elders. Now we need another step. <laughs> Discord channel is getting pretty full. I don't know if I need to add more stuff. So, yeah, I think that I I, I do definitely hear what you're saying as far as I, th I think it's kind of like when something is on sale. If even if the price was like higher than normal, but it's on sale, it's like, oh, that's cool. So like DMXP, yeah, it, when it's doubled, right. it's like, ooh, it's doubled. So if it was bumped always, it'd be like, well, whatever. That's the normal amount. Well, I think that uh, I mean, uh, Jane, did you have anything extra to 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 mention as far as uh dm incentive yes but give me one moment due to an ill-timed uh chip <laughs> okay wow i can't believe you're eating while we're recording this podcast that's so unprofessional doc his pay i can't believe you're not eating yeah i actually ordered food like 15 minutes ago just because i wanted to not time up for when we were doing the podcast <laughs> so we better wrap this up is what i'm saying <laughs> okay uh so Perhaps maybe there should be a small follow-up survey for DM incentives. If, you know, we want to get a better handle of, hey, what will cause you to look into DM further? What are some things that you would be interested in seeing, such as double XP, other perks like, yeah, third bonus slot or starting a brand new character at a higher level, something like that. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely, I mean, we can definitely, we can brainstorm, you know, on, on what might. Maybe. Sorry, I just no no cut me off. That's this is this is good radio. <laughs> um, I was gonna say maybe like you say like DM characters get to start with like one uncommon magical weapon or something like that. You know, like something like not too crazy. So one thing though, you want to make sure is that um, it's not a perk that you get if you just run one game and never again. Right? Maybe you get like DM medallions. You'd want it to be something where. As long as you continue running games, you keep getting benefits. Right. Yeah. Well, I there think could be oh, oh my god. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, uh, could have a D you could have a DM medallion shop that's better items. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, you could, or you could just give two medallions for running a game versus one medallion for playing in a game. And you could also, I mean, I think the guilt medallions can serve as sort of what we're what we're looking for as is. You know, if that's something we wanted to to do, we could add, uh, for example, uh, you know, just in the game yesterday, um, we uh, Brandon sort of created a semi-canon mithril weapon, which I know that you know would be appealing to a lot of players. So that's sort of something maybe you could throw in to the medallion shop as another incentive to to be running games. Um, and again, you know, with the idea that maybe you would have either different medallions for DMing or more medallions for DMing, you know, because I think that we sort of talked about like, like there's nothing in the guild medallion shop that is game breaking. So if we use guild medallions as a way to entice people to DMing, then that's a good thing. You know, the, we talked about like the, I think plate mail is like 12 medallions. 
and it was like, oh man, you know, but what if somebody runs 12 games and, you know, and then they just get plate mail when they start? It's like, well, that's, that's fucking awesome because they ran 12 fucking games. <laughs> yeah. So that's something we can definitely think about incorporating. I think that's maybe, maybe not even a podcast. That would be more of a, you know, sit around brainstorm session and kind of kick stuff around. But, uh, but yeah, I think that, I think that we definitely could at least consider uh, expanding the, the DM incentive program on, on, on the reasons to DM. But I think it's, I think it was a good point that Brandon made that, that having this control over either your former characters or just the world in general is something that maybe doesn't get appreciated as much as it could. Like, that's a really cool thing to be able to, to make pretty much anything happen. I would like to chalk in one bad idea for DM incentive. Okay. Um, like bardic inspiration, but for DMs, meaning once a game you can roll an extra, I don't know, D4 on something just because you're a DM. Yeah, see? Terrible. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's something that definitely belongs in a brainstorming conversation. I think that's uh you know the it, it may cross that threshold into the realm of things that we don't necessarily want to want to have meta impact you know where like dming has nothing to do with your actual character so it may it may be too far from from what we're talking about but you know it, it's definitely worth talking about yeah i got you i'll look forward to that <laughs> um there was one other thing uh that has come up uh, a couple of times for specifically for new DMs, but also for, for a couple of, a, a couple of more veteran DMs. Uh, and that's the idea of having like a sort of a co DM or having someone kind of run through your, your adventure with you, you know, and in, in trying to figure out, uh, especially for a new DM, like, is this interesting? Is this fun? Is this challenging enough? Is this way too challenging just as a, you know, kind of a, a support system for, especially, like I said, new DMs. Is there, do you think that they, I, mean, I think that most people know that if they wanted someone to look at their stuff, they could find someone. But is there, do you think that there's a, like an impediment to people doing that? Uh, I Flaking on my job. Uh, Brandon, let's start uh, with you. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, I think the only reason you wouldn't do that is if you want to like keep something secret and you don't want like maybe you want this person to be a player in the game and you don't want to like spoil everything for them well you could do it like you do loot where it's like you make the game set the time <clears throat> sorry and then like whoever's not in that game if there's a builder not in that game just say hey can you check this out you know what i mean then you don't actually ruin your plot point or anything like that as long as they don't just trash your entire game well, yeah, I mean, like... Which probably won't happen, because I don't think be anyone's like, that bad here. Right, it'll just be, like, little twerks, like, oh, maybe this fight is too bad. Or, you know what, it's not going to be that. It's going to be, like, let's make sure it's, like, a, a very creative, good game or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I know most people we have here aren't going to metagame. I know it, spoiling things might make the game a little less fun, but uh, from the DM side, them knowing this probably won't ruin your game entirely. Are we just are we gonna pretend that Nick didn't say twerks instead of tweaks? We're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna blow that blow that start blow. Twerking in your game. Just just to make a little twerk in my game. Bring in Rihanna and start twerking. 
No, uh, yeah, like you said, I think that most people are... Like, none of our prospective DMs are going to be that bad because they've all played in games. And I think that that's a... You know, that that's like 80% of the criteria to figure out how to run a game is just to have played in a game and to know how adventures tend to go. You know, and we, and we do already have a more rigid support system as far as generating appropriate treasure for a particular game. And I do think that, so here's my thought about why people maybe don't use their fellow DMs uh, as like an oversight. Um, And it's, I think it has to do with just general nervousness about running games. Because once you say, okay, I'm going to post this game and then have people join and then someone who doesn't join, I can ask to look at it. Once you've done that, you're running the game, you know, unless you decide to, to completely flake, you know, you're like, you're committed at that point. And you, uh, and, and the concern there is, you know, if you commit and then you can't get someone to give you the sort of feedback you want, or if someone gives you feedback and you're like, well, that, I need to make a lot of changes, you know, or am I going to be done in time? You know, I think that they're like, you're putting in that, you know, that sort of pressure. So, and that could probably be overcome just by, you know, planning further ahead. You know, if you give yourself a week and a half of time, you know, you're going to have time to, you know, to, to review what you have going on and, and make sure that any suggestions you're able to, to, uh, to adapt to. I just know that I'm very impatient and whenever I think of a game, I'm like, okay, I'm going to run this right away (laughs) because this is going to be so fun and I want to do it now. Um, so I definitely have an issue with posting a game a week in advance just because I want to play it or run it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And, And like, I, I usually don't post a game until it's ready. And once it's ready, I'm like, I'm ready to run it now. I don't want to forget the ideas that I had you know, brewing in my head for what this character is going to sound like or what this puzzle, you know, what the clues for this puzzle are going to be. Because if I wait a week or week and a half, you know, I'm not going to be working on it because it's done. And then I'll come back to it and say, uh, what was I, what was this about again? See, I post when it's mostly ready. Like I usually won't have loot figured out unless there's very specific things. Um, And encounters definitely... Again, unless it's like a very specific encounter, that's the whole point of the game. I'll spend some time between posting and actually running, just trying to figure out, okay, how can I fill up time and add some more interesting events rather than go from A to B, kill this thing or whatever task they're given. Yeah, right. Uh, Nick, you were going to say something? Uh, I was just going to say that I'm kind of with Brandon on that. Not that I'm like so anxious to run, just that I need that deadline. Like, like <laughs> I to finish it up. Like, I'll usually post uh, when I'm halfway through because, like, okay, that makes me finish up my game. Because, oh shit, I posted it. It better be ready. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's the world. You know, we, like, I think we all function better when we know that we want something done by a particular date and there's some social pressure to get it done by that date. With this circumstance, it's five people show up ready to run a game. I am definitely a chronic procrastinator. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's sort of circle around here. This is getting pretty long. And even after I edit it, this is going to be a, a pretty heavy podcast, I imagine. Uh, are there any other pieces of that uh, needs improvement part that you guys think that we should uh, we should discuss before uh, closing up shop? Cantaloupe. Um, <laughs> yes, we, we need to improve the cantaloupe. Uh, one thing I want to say maybe not necessarily related to this is um people who are nervous about running games like the only way you're going to get better at it is if you run games 
So maybe don't start with like a level 16 game where you might just kill off all the guys who have been around for a year. Um, but I mean, just run a very simple low level game where it doesn't have to be like, maybe go fight the bandits in the fort or talk to their leader and try to convince them to stop robbing your grandma. <laughs> um, like these are just a very simple game, uh, try running it and if there are problems then people will give you feedback and then that's stuff to improve upon so if you're if you're just thinking oh this game i'm gonna run is terrible then maybe it will be but you you get better yeah and i think that i mean even in the worst possible scenario if you run a game and you get like an hour and a half in and you know you're having a bad time everybody seems to be upset Nobody in here is going to shit talk you. Like you say, look, guys, like I don't like I'm losing it or, you know, I uh, you guys have gone away and I just don't know what to do, you know, because you've gone off of the path that I was trying to plan for. Just tell your players what's going on and they'll, you know, they want to play D&D. &D. They want to play the adventure that you've put together. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do what you ask them to do. And it's very much a cooperative storytelling experience. DMs are not the AI in a video game. DMs are the world, um, but we're all, you know, there, there's pressure on DMs to try and create interesting and challenging scenarios, but really it's all about everybody wanting to create, as we talked about, those moments. So as long as you come in with a, you know, with the idea that I want my players to have fun, it's, it, it, they will. I mean, it, like, it's just not going to go as bad as you you think it could go. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, say, the game gets completely derailed now we're in, and you say, okay, let's stop here, regroup, and just try to plan another game to figure out what happens. Yeah, or even if you just say, look, I, I know how I can get them back on track, but I need to create a different encounter, you can tell your players, hey, I need 20 minutes to adapt to this. I didn't expect you guys to go over the waterfall. So now I need <laughs> to work on that. You know, the players will do it because players want to yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, Jane, did you have anything you wanted to throw in here at the end? Um, while you've touched on most things, I would just like to say, yeah, my first games were literally super short games because they were my first forays into DMing. Just start small and simple, build up your confidence, and your like repertoire and you know it, it does get better and everyone does have their off days so even having a bad mediocre game is normal absolutely yeah no, i mean we have very good dms who will have off days and the reason that they're not that bad is that you know we're like we're all still on the same team so we find ways to make sure they're they're interesting well uh that is uh you know about two hours of discussion so i think we can uh we can wrap it up there um brandon uh nick did you guys have any anything to add before we uh before we sign off here nope uh just if anyone does have ideas for anything we've discussed today just tell someone yes let's be back we we will act on it the best we can absolutely we want everyone to be happy here yeah and i'll I agree. i'll continue to put out feelers for you know, if you have something your character wants to do, any of your characters want to do, you know, uh, there are there are DMs who want to run games for you. 
some of them might be DMs who haven't played before or haven't who haven't run games before, and they just need that right idea for for some interesting little adventure to uh, you know to to set them off. So so as a player, as a DM, the more you contribute, the more you tell people what you want, the more you get what you want. Well, once again, uh, thanks to you guys for uh, for joining me on this uh, on this podcast adventure. I'll go ahead and edit you know like eighty percent of it out, uh, and it'll be a nine minute. A nine minute podcast and but i'll leave in every comment about how it's a two-hour podcast so it'll be really just awkward mm-hmm. um yeah but uh jane brandon nick uh thank you for being on the show thanks for having us yeah thanks for caring about our opinions well, thank you uh, all right so that'll be the end of uh the end of this episode uh everybody have fun uh dm some more games and we'll talk to you soon